You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. So you realize, Shannon, that tomorrow starts the getaway. <laughs> Do I realize it? Are you kidding? <laughs> this is what I have been living I mean, for hope- for months. Hopefully, by the time this is actually airing, you were like totally into it and geared up and ready and almost heading this way. But, you know, it's still a little ways away from when we're recording this, but it's just still, hey, I'm just making sure you show up. I'm, I am already shopping like a mad woman in preparation <laughs> for this event. These goodie bags are going to be so filled with such fun yeah. novelty items that these couples are going to think it's Christmas morning. And except it's not Santa Claus bringing them these toys. Yeah, absolutely. It's Corey and Shannon. And so and I want to drop this one for those of you that are coming, because if you're hearing this, and you're like, what are you talking about? Sex and Marriage Radio. I had no idea the getaway. And it's probably a little late. I don't think yeah. you're going to make it. Since you have to be on a flight by um, tomorrow morning, right. you're probably but, not going to. But those of you that are coming to the show, to the getaway, um, and if you're interested, if you're listening to this on, maybe you're listening to this en route to the show. Or to the getaway that we will be recording some of the shows at the getaway, so yeah. there'll be some live recording going on while while we're together the next four days. That'll be awesome. Only because Corey is technically savvy enough <laughs> to know how to pull that off, and I've got good I, friends. On the other hand, <laughs> will be twiddling my thumbs until the until the tape is rolling. Yeah. <laughs> Corey is the man behind the scene with the plan for all the techies stuff to happen so thank you Corey. absolutely well this is sexy marriage radio we're glad that you're joining us again taking some time out of your day to spend it just figuring out ways to ramp up what may happen or may not be happening in your sex life because at sexy marriage radio what we are doing is having honest straightforward conversations that's kind of the same thing isn't it honest and straightforward honest and straightforward i would say those go hand in hand well but we're having an honest conversation about married sex because you and i both firmly believe that married sex is the hotbed for sex and we want it to be as absolutely fantastic as possible for your marriage and so we love hearing from our listeners, and you can send us emails at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes, leave any kind of review that you have, a five-star review if you like us, one star if you don't. Hey, but we want the message to spread that married sex can be fantastic and can be lifelong. And can I say something about the emails that people send in? You know, we may not have the opportunity to respond to each and every one with, like, specific answers because that's, that's kind of not, you know, we're, we're both – you know, counselors and coaches and, and have day jobs and families and all that kind of stuff. So we may not respond to everyone, but we do read everyone and any that we feel are worth addressing on the show because we haven't covered that topic or that would be good for a potpourri show where we just answer different emails or whatever. We do save those. We have archives, pages and pages mm-hmm. long of emails waiting to be addressed. So keep those coming because it helps us keep the show fresh. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the kind of stuff that helps uh, spur us to oh wait hold on and that brings us to the off-air conversations and the different things which then become shows and sometimes there's on-air conversations that become shows but this is a topic for today that um i've written on it several times on simple marriage and it always is a hot button 
as far as it's amazing. This is one of the reasons I turned comments off on Simple Marriage, just because <laughs> of the responses and the it, crossfire. It, yeah, and I not that there's. I love that. I, I do love feedback, even if it's negative and disagreeing with me. I'm fine with that. Um, as long as they're engaging. Exactly. Negative feedback is still. But Great. anytime you Water. talk about the whole idea of pornography, there it's just ugh, wow. You know, there's there's across the board on responses, and yeah, the word itself, yeah, almost creates a stirring inside of you. Well, it, I mean, it's either very positive or very negative, or a combination of the two swirled together. Right. I mean, because it is that vague. You know, what is the statement of I, I, if you I can't describe pornography, but I can tell you when I see it. You know, it's it's ah. it's almost because that because it is it comes down to the eye of the beholder to a degree of sure what's okay what's not why is this okay why is that not and but one of the things we've seen at feedback at sexymarriageradio dot com one of the things I see as clients a lot is pornography destroying relationships and typically it's a wife who discovers her husband's usage of, yep and it's all secret. It's all behind the scenes. So this is not an episode about couples pornography, viewing it together, watching erotic movies, reading erotic stories, whatever. But the closest we've ever come to on this show talking about this kind of a subject would have been the stuff we did on the Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. And Corey, I have to agree with you that it's it's the problem of secrecy. Yeah. That is the real problem because yeah, I also wanted to throw it in there when we said, okay, let's do a show on porn. I thought, Hmm, I guess we do need to say that, you know what, if, if a couple decides that porn really floats both of their boats and they don't feel as if there's anything broken, then we're not saying that anything necessarily has to be fixed. Mm -hmm. uh, we each have our own moral compass mm -hmm. that guides us on whether we think porn is right for us or not. And we trust everybody out there can use their own moral compass for their own guidance. Uh, you and I, I believe, have both personally chosen to try as much as we can to avoid uh, using that as an artificial stimulus to our marriage. But I think that the real problem is when one spouse is using it secret secretly and the other spouse feels devastated mm -hmm. by that. And I think that it's really important for us to, under, uh, to unpack why that is so devastating yeah. so that the person who is looking at the porn secretly kind of has a clue as to what they're doing to their marriage relationship by choosing this behavior, by choosing this activity. Yeah. And I want to add a clarification because we've had an influx of listeners uh, from the download stats I see of new people that are, that are new to the world of sexy marriage radio. And man, you guys rock. Thanks for joining us. But mm -hmm. it, just for clarification, Shannon and I are not married to each other. We have our own relationships with our spouses. We are just kind of, we're actually both married to CPAs. That's kind of a strange <laughs> thing. Um, but but it is one of those that it's two different perspectives and it's two different relationships that we're bringing to the table too. And so sometimes that will help set the stage for our discussion. So that way somebody new is going, hold wait, hold on, I don't, you know, let's just clear it up that way. And and welcome again for joining us. So. Yeah. But it is you're you're right because there is a component that pornography the destructive nature of pornography usually is the secrecy associated with it because mm -hmm. it's readily available, it's easy, it's free for the most part. I mean, uh, you can find it and you and it you can get it anywhere nowadays. It's long as the day 
that I had to go to, find, you know, when I was a kid and a teenager, I had to go to great lengths to find pornography. You had to walk into the 7-Eleven yeah. and ask for the magazine behind the counter wrapped yeah. in the plain brown wrapper yeah. and pay for it. Nowadays, completely different because you can get right. it on your smartphone and it's it's a so easily to easy to find and so it and so addictive yes i i actually have had parents of anywhere from 8 to 11 or 14 year old kids that they are habitually seeking this out yeah. in their own homes yeah. and you know parents who aren't even tech savvy enough to know how to even put a filter on their yeah. computer like it's going to impact these younger generations yeah. so much differently than how it impacted us yeah. but uh, but obviously there has been a great impact. Yes. Um, so let's go at this two ways. Okay. L- let's start with your, your comment of what this does to a spouse's heart. Uh, that's something you had mentioned right before we started the episode uh, off air. And then the other is what the person that's using can do. Okay. So let's, let's come at it on both ends of the spectrum. Of, okay. And, and this is going to be under the parameter of the partners, the spouses together don't want this as part of their relationship, that this is one of those things that one of you, one of you is feeling betrayed because of its use. And the other is like, you know what? I understand that. And I want to stop, or we want to at least give a direction towards that rather than, yeah. well, if you, you're just going to have to take it And you know, so it's just start with, let's start with the, how, what this does to a spouse's heart. So i have actually spent three days doing an intensive with a couple whose marriage is in a shambles because of porn, because of his secret porn usage. And uh, she discovered it on his laptop. And when she pulled up things that, you know, she really wanted me to understand the nature of what he had been looking at and how it made her feel. As she pulled this particular one site among many up, she started just scrolling and scrolling through pages and pages of girls that couldn't have been more than 19 or 20 years old with humongous breasts and slender thighs and spread legs and bare genitalia. And mm-hmm. it's like, I could tell the look on her face was how could I possibly compete with that? Right. And she actually did verbalize the words. How is this supposed to make me feel? It makes me feel like I'm not good enough. Right. I could never be good enough. And she's not the type of woman who would go out and get plastic surgery or do anything fake to her body. I mean, she's, she's in her fifties. She's very comfortable in her own skin. She just wants to look like the wife and grandma that she is, but she's a very hot woman for her age. Even for a woman, 10 years older, she's a hot woman. But the fact that that's not good enough for her husband. And it's not like she's been withholding sex either. She's like, I am so sexually available to this man. Okay. why the porn is okay. you know, her big question. Okay. And, and how can he expect her just to be okay with that? And, 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 and let me also say, Corey, that this had been progressive over many years. This was the, actually the third time that he had been caught. The first time it was just porn okay. usage. But then it had progressed to contacting an escort service just to hear a woman's voice and and he justified it saying, well, she never came to the door. I, I never did anything with her. I never put my body part in her body. Uh, and But then this third time, it had progressed to getting 
an erotic massage with a happy ending. Okay. So it was proving to be very, very progressive. Right, which porn often is. Yeah. Absolutely. That's one of the things associated with this is it usually, it's not always, but it usually is progressive. Yeah, it, it fuels an appetite that can never be satisfied. Right. Orgasm does not satisfy right. what porn stirs up. Right. Yeah. Okay, so I'm interested because uh, I, I have a feeling this is where we're going to have uh, differing views. So, okay. Um, what, what do you say to this, this wife, this woman? Um, in my opinion, this constituted adultery in that he had acted out mm-hmm. and, you know— even though he may not have had sex with another woman, right. he let her touch his right. his penis. Right. And that if she felt as if she couldn't do this anymore, that she had every right to draw that line in the sand and say, I want out. Okay. Uh, because she felt like this had been crazy making for a long, long time. Okay. And that he was just not being respectful of the vows that he had taken, of her, uh, of their marriage bed. She wanted out. Okay. And I have, I, I can't argue with that. I, I don't know how to yeah. tell a woman, just get over it. It's just <laughs> porn. Yeah, it's, it's probably not going to go any further than it than it uh, has. Like, no, history has proven that right. to be very different. Right. So, yeah. I mean, what do you say to a to a woman whose heart has been ripped out by her husband's porn use? Well, okay. Let me clarify it first. Um, a a situation like this where it has progressed to an offline thing Mm -hmm. an actual encounter Mm -hmm. while fundamentally we're still talking a lot of the same things as far as porn usage or not i mean there's a whole idea of is porn betrayal and i think a lot of times yeah it it, absolutely it is because of the secretness to it and right and the way what it sets up Um, and the woundedness that it creates but with this instance i would okay we're talking about basically an affair is kind of like what mm. we're talking about. There's not the emotional connection necessarily, but it's like a it's a one night stand, you know. So yeah, or one afternoon stand, right, a thirty minutes. Right, <laughs> but but it's still it's a stepping out on the relationship. Yes. So it's a little different. Um, so I would I would go a different route with that. That would that would have in the forefront a whole lot more of the possibility of it's going to end the relationship. Right. If I get, but a, if it hadn't, if he hadn't acted out. Right, if that's that's the difference. I look at porn. I don't want to stop looking at right. porn. Right, that's the difference because we have an email from a, <clears throat> a listener that that have emailed us with this is, with this issue that she's caught her husband several times. He's very open about it when confronted and actually relieved to have it all out in the open again. And this is one of the things I see a lot with the men I work with in my practice that it's just this it's the weight off their back. <laughs> you know, to, I don't have to hide that stuff anymore. Right. So in those kinds of instances, then I work from a different perspective of I want the wife to understand it's not about her. It has nothing to do with her. She just gets the fallout of it. That's the mm-hmm. difference. Mm-hmm. That this is not about you have to try to be that or that he even wants you to be that. This is about him and his weakness and lack of growth and confronting you- things that, that really bother him or that he's looking for quick fixes or releases from. Because that's where mm-hmm. porn kind of enters in a man's life. Is it comes in obviously when you got the adolescence, puberty, all of that hormone. The the wind gives you an erection kind of a time, and <laughs> and you're like, I don't know what to do with it. And largely, there's a group, a generation of men being raised by porn now. 
And yeah. so it's that sets up the scenario of I don't know. John Eldridge has the the thoughts that he talks about that it, uh, what men really want is a validation, and they'll seek it from women. And porn's an easy avenue to feel mm-hmm. that I'm I'm okay. Well, and porn medicates the emotional pain of sensing that you may not be okay. Right. Uh, and I think that there are certain segments of the male population that certainly fall prey into that. I think that men who grow up without the affirmation that they need from their dads yeah. or uh, or the affirmation that they needed from their mom. Or, yeah, yeah, I just think that there are certain things in life that make you more prone to this type of medication right. than other people. Right. Um, I've also read more and more articles about porn-induced impotence. Yep. That when men look to porn to ease their pain and to create an erection and to cross that, you know, into that threshold of, you know, climax, that that type of sexual intimacy with an actual human being Mm -hmm. without the intensity of the secrecy and the danger of it all, that that's not nearly as arousing to them. Right. And I think that's sad that a man loses his ability to be a man with his wife mm-hmm. because he's looking to women on a screen to make him feel like a man mm-hmm. when in actuality it's making him operate less and less like a man. Right. And that's that your brain on porn dot com stuff that, that they, yeah. he, he talks about that and the rebooting and how you can kind of deal with your uh, that kind of an issue if you have E D or P E that's mm-hmm. that's related that's completely related to porn. Yeah. So, yeah. but it is, it's one of the things I try to do back to the wife is this, this whole concept of trying to separate out what your partner does is not about you because that, that if, if it is, then that spells into the myth of, well, if I just gave them more sex, they'd stop looking at porn. No. If we or just, or if, if I was willing to wear lingerie or was skinnier or yeah right, if I, or if I would act out a role play he would he wouldn't step out on the marriage or you know because everybody has limits on what we're, what we're willing to do and it's not always going to be in line with what our partner wants and so if that's the case that I could actually control whether or not Pam steps out on me or not then wow seriously I have that much power over another person <laughs> no it's about mm-hmm. them. And you can never, I, I tell the porn addict, you can never blame your looking or acting out on something your spouse is or right. isn't doing. Like this, that was this guy's reaction. Right. Uh, the, the couple that I was working with, he was like, well, she doesn't do this and she does this. And it's like, this is not about her. Right. This is, she has no control over what you choose to do when you're alone and have absolutely no accountability. So right. you can't put, she, no one holds a gun to your head and says, go to this website <laughs> And, and see how aroused you can get looking at these women who are half your age, some even way younger than your own daughters. Right. You know, right. It's just, it's, it's, it's become really sick how men have become so obsessed with youth and women that their same aged wife pales in comparison right. in his mind, or at least that's what she thinks. Right. At least that's what the wife thinks. Right. So it's, just, it's really sad. Yeah. And- so that's the that's the route I try to go is just I want to separate out and really put into focus what's going on, because to me, this is the same thing as if I was working with somebody that had an affair, because typically the betrayed spouse is going to say, how could you do this to me? That's a pretty common reaction. And my response to that is, what exactly did they do to you? You weren't there. You had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, the so the real question is. Do you want to be with somebody that would do that to themselves? 
Because now we're talking integrity issues. We're talking character building things. Right. And, that and lying changes. to other people, right. including himself. And that, so that changes the whole dynamic and makes the person that was betrayed a serious wild card. Mm-hmm. And this is where the whole issue of porn can work out the same way of, okay, do you want to be with somebody that's so weak-willed that if you don't give them sex, they would go take care of it themselves behind your back and, and deny it was even going on? It's different if they're going to just take care of it and they tell you and you're like, well, whatever. But it, this is the whole concept of secrecy. So it, comes, it, it really calls into play each person's integrity and each person's character as you go forward, which to me, that's your path to healing in this yeah. arena. Yeah. Um, I also have a couple of other thoughts that I want to put out there, Corey. Um, I do want to say that I, I, I've actually heard from women who feel as if Anything that shows an attractive woman, whether that's a magazine article, whether that's a commercial on television, whether that's a television show, uh, anything that shows an attractive woman, she considers that porn. (laughs) I don't think that you can get upset when your husband just happens to see something that, yeah, it may be arousing, but he wasn't, A, he wasn't intentionally seeking it out, and B, he wasn't trying to keep it a secret. I I think that's where... It crosses over into this. I remember a girl telling me that, you know, growing up in their home, their parents were so embarrassed by all types of affection that even when Pa Walton kissed Ma Walton goodbye or goodnight, that he would turn the television off really fast. Like, oh, don't want to let the kids see a husband kiss a wife on the cheek goodnight. Oh, horrors. So it's like we, we have to we have to make sure that there's a balance in our minds and not take the fact that. Like, I remember my mom would get upset over the fact that my dad liked this particular television show. I want to say it was like Allie McBeal or something like that. And and I, from what I never watched it, but from what I understood, it was you know pretty sexually graphic show type of a thing. But I don't think that you can classify that, you know, primetime television show. And I know that primetime can be pretty raunchy and I'm not saying it's smart to watch it, but I'm just saying, I don't think that a wife can take that as, as offensively as he's going to triple X rated websites and surfing for naked women. Right. That, yeah, those are different. I mean, cause if you're talking about society and how it evolves, obviously today's society is much more liberal in the, mm-hmm. in the coverings, if you mm-hmm. will, than, than used to be. Right. And your spouse may be a little bit more liberal when it comes to what they watch, right. but just, be careful that you're not taking everything that you see on television that you think that you can't compete with personally. Right. Because that's only going to erode your own self-esteem. Yeah. There are sexy women on the planet. There will always be sexy women on the planet. There will always be younger, hotter, sexy women than us. But stop comparing yourself. Or if you're going to compare yourself, you also have to compare yourself to the much older, fatter, less attractive women too. <laughs> and chances are you fall somewhere in the middle. Just be happy with it. Right. <laughs> Comparisons are just never a good idea. Yeah. Um, but another thing I want to mention, Corey, is uh, I actually had someone forward an article to me. Uh, they knew that I have had a lot of pushback about my whole thing about fantasy, mm-hmm. that that you, you have to stop panicking every time an inappropriate sexual fantasy comes up in your mind and stop assuming that this is what you really want to do, because it's not. I assure you it's mm-hmm. not. Um, the uh, study was about whether or not fantasy leads to actually acting things out sexually. Okay. And their conclusion is that in the vast majority of normally functioning people, it does not, unless there was one factor 
that was included in this person's profile. And guess what that one factor was? What's that? The use of porn. Yeah. If, if they were coupling fantasy with the use of porn, it made them far more likely to act out on their fantasies than if they just looked to fantasy alone. Right, because they're watching it act out. Exactly. Uh, and you're looking at real human beings. Mm-hmm. You can call it a fantasy if you want to, but I'm sorry. It took real live human beings to create that scene mm-hmm. that turns you on. And this is the main reason that I have chosen to just omit pornography from my sexual repertoire is that this is human trafficking at the core. Yeah. You know, this is when when we live in a society that teaches women that if you need money to feed your kids, all you got to do is take off your clothes and be willing to do something that is so sexually degrading or so offensive to you, but it may turn somebody else on. So we'll pay you money to do that. Right. I just think that there's something wrong with that system. So I choose not to participate in it. Right. Um, but here's a, here's my advice to men. Um, I remember Fred Stoker and Steve Arterburn wrote extensively about this in Every Man's Battle about how from a biological perspective, a man's taste in a woman's body actually evolves with his wife's body's evolution. Mm-hmm. And that when she's 70 or 80 years old, he should still find her sexually attractive. But that's only if she's the only naked body he's looking at. If he's looking at lots of other women's naked bodies, 10, 20, sometimes 50 years younger than him. I mean, mm-hmm. you think about it, that's kind of weird, but some 70-year-olds are still looking at 20-year-olds oh, sure. naked bodies. Sure. But it's like, you know, how how can you possibly look at your wife and think that she's, you know, totally hot when you're feeding your appetite something so unhealthy? Right. Um, so there you have it. That, that That's my opinion on why women should avoid it and why men should avoid it, why society should avoid it, but no stone to throw. Like we said, if it turns you both on and you don't find that this is a problem for you and it's not a secret, then yeah, that's, that's the stop. issue. Yeah. That's the issue. It's the secrecy side of it. It's the whole, if you don't want your spouse going through your phone or your computer history or your laptop or your iPad or whatever, then that's the struggle of, okay, what's, you need to be very clear. And then it, you also need to be very clear that if they do and they see something that's, whoa, what's that? And they're upset by it. And you take the, oh, what's the big deal stance, trying to diminish their being upset. Reality Defend, is. project, minimize, right. justification, never a smart that's, response. That's typically the sign that there's something going on, that there's mm-hmm. an issue between you. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to have to deal with that gridlock between you. And that they're disrespecting you. Right. Uh, the, I think the proper response, if you get caught red-handed with your hand in the corn co- cookie jar, the, the proper response is, help me understand how this makes you feel so okay. that I can be more sensitive. Okay. You know, bottom line, if it makes your spouse feel lousy and angry at you and betrayed and bitter and sexually disconnected, you need to listen to those feelings. Okay. And incorporate that into your decision-making process as to whether or not it's really worth it to keep looking at this stuff. Right. And, I, you know, I hope that I don't come across sounding like some kind of prude. <laughs> well, the, the, struggle, the struggle is is it sets up the scenario of it creates an alternate life that cannot be matched by reality. Exactly. And that's the struggle. Even with – because I've had this come back at me with some of the stuff I've written of – because I was talking about mainly – Porn is virtual. It's setting up the unrealistic expectation because pornography is a billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar industry. By you know, it's it's setting up sexually aggressive women to 
show, you know, for, for men to masturbate to. That's all it is. I mean, if you think about it. Yeah. So it's a, a masturbation, really it's a masturbation industry. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's the scenario of, in general, women are not sexually aggressive. Right. We're sexually responsive. Right. That's, that's the wiring. And so you already set up the scale of, okay, it's not going to play out the way you see it on the screen, even in the ones that are more realistic, homemade type porn that's out there. That's the pushback I've got. But what about the people that willingly film themselves? The fact that they willingly film themselves sets them apart from society. <laughs> they're, they're kind of an anomaly to a degree. Right. So it's, it's that whole idea that it just sets up a scenario of unrealistic expectations in which we've all talked about that before. That can never be fulfilled. And then there's actually a really good site out there called Make Love Not Porn that a woman started years ago. And it's, it, I don't know if it's evolved. I haven't been to it in a couple of years, but it's a really good depiction of what porn does when it plays out in a real life relationship. And so interesting. the struggle, the thing that I want to see happen is I want men to recognize this is the irony. If what we really want, and this is coming from experience, this is an issue I have had in my life for a long time. So if, if this is something that you struggle with, I'm with you. I feel your pain. <laughs> you know, I feel your struggle. But what it is, is if what, we really, what I really want is to really be known by another person, but yet I seek the easy way out. The irony is the only way I become known by another person is I let the real part of me come out which isn't always pretty. But what I have found with all the couples I've worked with and even in my own experience is that when I'm real with my wife, I get a real human being back. Mm. You know, especially... How comforting is that? Yeah, especially if I'm somebody that's like, okay, this is not something I want in my life. This is, I want you in my life and I'm directing it towards her. That's the difference. If I'm still skirting it, it's not a big deal. I'm setting up a scenario where we're going to have a divide between us. But the path forward is just being real. And so I'm just going to say this to to dispel some of the possibilities. If you're listening to this episode and you're wondering, okay, I have a suspicion. I'm not quite sure. Or if you're a guy or a a wife that's using and you're like, you know what, maybe it's time to come clean so I can actually get the deeper connection that that is being talked about. One is learn learn the inner workings of a computer and an iPad so that you can check the history of what's being surfed, what's being browsed. And if you pull up a history and it's cleared, that's a problem. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a big red flag. Because a lot of people, myself included, I can hide things. I mean, I even went so far as I would reset my whole system to just wipe everything out mm. back a couple of dates. So, but it's still very right. but it's still very clear. You look in the history and the, the dates are all from 3 days ago and nothing the last two. Like Right. So that doesn't add up. The right. other is just having some sort of real life person to talk with that it's, you know, a spouse should not be an accountability partner in my book, but yep. you need somebody that is because yep. that's the whole idea of, of healing comes in groups mm-hmm. and it's important to know going forward, this, you, this can be something that draws you together. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage you also to just give consideration to the words that you put into your search engine to find the particular types of porn that you're looking for. There's a psychological reason behind what you're looking for. uh, And the fantasy fallacy is all about how to retrace those roots rather than focusing on the fruit of of your sexual thoughts. 
Uh, and also, I know that some people just kind of like to have a little external stimulation to get their engine revving. I discovered a website recently, marriageheat.com. It's all about hot monogamy, and it's couples posting their fantasies of each other online, but it's all totally within the context of marriage. Some folks might want to check it out and see if it does something for you. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Well, man, this has got a... This is a loaded thing. <laughs> this whole it topic. Is. It's a sticky subject. We could do a whole series yes, on this it, topic. It goes lots of different directions, but I think the main thing I want to get across for from us to our listeners is uh, there's a lot of pain associated with this, and that yeah. pain doesn't necessarily have to be there. So the goal is you can discover real life connection if you're willing to take the risk and and be real with your partner and see that the other side of this you actually then connect with somebody soul to soul, not just mm -hmm. body to body. And Corey, what you said earlier, you choosing to come clean is so much more effective than you getting caught. Absolutely. So take the initiative, be a man or woman of integrity. If it's the woman looking at it and just be honest with your spouse and start digging to find out the answers to the, to this mystery of why do you do what you do? Why, why are you looking for what you're looking for? And yeah. how can you cultivate that in a real relationship with your spouse? Yeah. Because this is about real love, real marriage, real life. <laughs> There's some good taglines right there. I like it. Good sound bites, <laughs> well, Corey this, Allen. This has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Uh, thanks for taking some time out of your day to listen to us. If you got something that you want covered or a question, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. That's how you find us. Or if you're coming to the getaway tomorrow, find us there and pull us aside and talk to us. So. Wherever you there are, you whatever go. you've been doing, thanks for spending some of your time with us. We'll see you next time. We love time. you for listening.